Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. Hello, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Get Geek Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are here this week to discuss a couple of very, very important topics in a couple of, couple of, it's so important that I said a couple, a couple of times in a couple of major universes. Uh, But first, a couple of disclaimers as usual. You've been hearing it ad nauseum for the past couple of weeks, but we just want to remind you, we are recording remotely. So if there are any sound issues, artifacts, or other problems with the audio, let us know. We'll do the best that we can to try to iron them out. We hope that we've been improving over we've been improving, excuse me, over the last couple of months. And thank you for bearing with us regarding that as well. The best way to support your favorite podcast crew is to like, rate, and sh- uh, like, rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast. I'm I'm tripping over myself a little bit. Hello, today, guys. I'm sorry about that. Hello. Like, rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You know where to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and now Amazon. Um, music, I believe. We're all over the place. Wherever your favorite podcast platforms are sold, you can find us. Uh, So anyways, yeah. What's up, everybody? My name, of course, is Jose. This is Gabe, a.k.a. Wolfie, or whatever other nicknames the rest of the team wants to give me. Yeah. Jits. I'm going to give that pregnant pause like Wolfie, Gabe did. Hold on. And this is Walt. Yes. <laughs> there you What's go. going on, guys? Chilling. Not that much. All Chilling. right. So pregnant pauses aside, what are we on this week, guys? We got some big news. A lot of big news, actually. A lot of big stuff going on. Yeah. yeah so uh, this week, we got like a couple big things. We got the uh, WandaVision trailer that came out, which is kind of big, especially considering that this is like the thing that's going to move the MCU into the uh, its next phase. Uh, and then we have the big, big, huge blockbuster news that came out that Microsoft has bought Bethesda out, which is <sighs> so Mind insanely blood. huge. It's like... Uh, monumental ramifications for the entire game industry uh for the next generations to come it's it's a complete game changer so but first we're going to talk about wandavision i kind of want to go for uh i want to get your 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 thoughts guys i mean i saw the trailer i enjoyed the trailer but it's uh one of those trailers that's kind of hard to read what are your thoughts yeah so for moi um you know I was pretty excited for this for this series on Disney Plus for a little bit. I don't want to say I was ecstatic and blown, like mind blown. I was doing that's what I was doing a moment ago when you were talking about Bethesda as well. That that like GIF slash meme where that dude like with the glasses blows his mind, <laughs> mind blown. But like, so I was really excited to see this because I was just excited to see some more stuff in the mcu like we all are we're all itching to see wandavision and you know falcon and the winter soldier and loki and all these awesome shows with these awesome actors and characters that we've known and loved for the last 10 or so years so when i saw the trailer though i was actually i'm actually way more excited 
Okay, because there's a couple of things, and we'll get to that in a minute, you know, after we give our first thoughts on this. But there's a couple of things that make me excited about where this show, it seems like they're even leaning maybe even a little bit more into this show being a relaunch slash redirection of the MCU, as in the multiverse and all these other awesome things. Um, I think pre-COVID, they were going to use this show for that. Maybe that's more of a focus now because everything's been shuffled around and now timelines are different and shows are going to come out before other shows when they were supposed to come out after and movies and all of that. Um, but yeah, it looks really, really interesting. It looks better than I even was was interested in. I like the aesthetic. I like the kind of dark, kind of like dark humor thing that's going on. I love the fact that Deborah Jo Rupp from that '70s show is in this because <laughs> she's hilarious. You know, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> pretty funny. I mean, I got like I don't know. There's obviously the '70s show stuff that you know I feel like I got, but I got like a Pleasantville vibe. Yes. You know, so, yeah. 100%. I got all these different eras of, of sitcoms, the vibe of all of those, which I thought was really, really cool and really re- interesting. And I think I'll, I'll let somebody else give their impressions, as, of course, obviously, um, and I'll shut up. But I think that what's interesting about um, this, this show is um, – how do I put this? I think the, the most interesting thing – about it is the dark yeah i guess the dark humor aspects of it and like the way that it seems that they're going to use this as a vehicle like i said so anyways um those are my first impressions for this one here what about you guys what 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 about you well i i found it interesting as the ranking that... senior of the group as the ranking senior of the group yeah. i feel like this kind of speaks to you know your your yeah, childhood okay. experience of watching tv <laughs> yeah, right. you know what i'm saying i'm not that i'm not just that so it just so, it just so, it, it just so you guys know we're all pretty much close in age so <laughs> from the bewitched I'm days bust the chops. vin diesel bewitched, just turned 53 thinking, so i saw oh my bewitched. god did he yes he did wait vin diesel vin diesel's 53 so, see, I am not that old because I am way older, oh way younger God. than him. Well, yes. not way younger. As <laughs> young in my God, he's late 43, 40s. Holy yes, he crap. is. He looks good for 53, man. Yeah. yeah. That's what being bald does for you. He's looked well, the same way for like 15 years. So it kind of works yeah, exactly. in, his, in his favor. I, I just, we just finished watching Pitch Black um, just as a side. Um, and, yeah, he d- he's a little bit bigger, a little bit heavier now, but he looks basically the same. So Yeah. Which is fine, man. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. WandaVision. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Thoughts. speaking speaking about you know the, the the eras, you know they hit the the fifties, the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, even the nineties and stuff. You know, um, bewitched. You know, there's yeah, there's Full a lot of bewitched. Um, I love Lucy. You get you get the Brady Bunch. You get mm-hmm. you know stuff like Family Ties and the Cosby Show. Um, you get those those TGIF type sitcoms that were big in the 90s and stuff yeah. like that so yeah you're you're getting a wide um swath i guess if you want to say you know in terms of what they're doing i mean it remind it reminded mm-hmm. me of leave it to beaver you know just yeah, like, the, like, like yeah. it just gave me it just gave me all those like you know all those things especially which is interesting though just like yeah Isn't i, I wonder if 
each of those um, eras are going to be encompassed in like one episode. You know, maybe they give you like the first episode is 1950. Yeah. I, I don't wonder. know how that works. You know, that's I'm what saying? I'm wondering too. I've seen that question. Um, I want to say that it's it's kind of funny and kind of interesting that they're going to do kind of like a, a TGIF full house aesthetic. And I wonder yeah. if they're going to have some some Easter eggs or like like little in jokes, considering that Elizabeth Olsen's sisters, Mary Kate and Ashley are famous. Oh, they for have to do that on that. They have to do that. If they don't, they're, they're missing something. It would be awesome you know? if there was an alternate universe, uh, Wanda Maximoff, and it was one of the Olsen twins. Wouldn't it be crazy if they, if they, if they de-aged them to way back when they weren't in uh, full house? You got you it, know? dude. That would be, yeah, that would be, that, that would be, that would be awesome. You they know? would but be anyway. in trouble, mister. Yeah, I know. Um, and, and I also find it interesting that WandaVision kind of leapfrogged, um, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier because Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier was supposed to come out first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's because of COVID-19. I'm pretty sure that what it, that's what it is. But, you know, this trailer is it, it, the trailer is, is really good. It just I don't know what the show is. You know what I'm saying, and and I guess that's a good thing, right? Because you know you don't want to go into yeah. a, a show and know exactly what it is because there's there's no excitement, there's no you know, n- there's a little ambiguity. Like you know, how, what is going that. on with all these eras? You know what I'm saying? Is that. this WandaVision, and she's famous for that. Wanda, I mean WandaVision, is this? Um, the scarlet witch manipulating reality is you know it, you you get that question or is it somebody doing that to her you wonder right yeah. so um but like i said it's it's super intriguing you know it, and obviously we're not the only ones because this was the highest the most watched streaming service trailer like ever for like a know? tv show yeah, absolutely. I oh, mean, wow, this I thing, didn't... it broke records. It had 53 million views in 24 hours. <laughs> there has been I mean, that... no no TV show or any show on a streaming service that has ever had that. So, and you wonder if it's because everybody's super excited about the show or because we haven't had an MCU anything mm-hmm. for 2020 that's, that's what i was gonna say you know? i was gonna say that like what it is is that like this is you know people kind of they they've you know ever since uh you know the end of the thanos um the thanos era whatever you want to call Endgame, it like the, the, infinity, uh, the infinity, infinity saga right? the infinity, yeah, the infinity, yeah the infinity saga sorry i had a little bit mm-hmm. of a brain fart there, but like <laughs> i've been doing the end of the infinity day, saga no i think that there's been a, a, enough time in between to to kind of let people just like settle forget about mcu and i think covid actually kind of helped that a little bit you know because it's kind of forced us to take a little bit of a longer break you know from from these franchises and now it's like all right now i'm craving now i'm hungry it's been i I fasted for long enough and now we got this first trailer that has come out from the mcu that is very different you know it's very uh like there's a lot of little things to decipher from it so um but yeah um Jose? Is, yeah there, there's like oh. a th- there's real quick there's like a combination of, of factors in my opinion and one that's most interesting to me actually is the fact that people are excited about the dceu again because when you get hyped about that 
and th- then like you want to see how the MCU is going to respond. I think also, and of course, yeah, like like we all said, it's definitely because people have just not seen anything since what Spider Man Far From Home. I think was the last MCU movie that we got in a theatrical release, right? Other than, um, other than basically what um, New Mutants, which I guess is technically in the it's universe, but obviously not, right? It's not, and MCU. then of course, yeah, it's not MCU, but it's a Marvel release, whatever. But I think that yeah, it's a combination of all those things that has people really, really excited about this trailer. And like you said, and and like I mentioned, also, it's the fact that Black Widow got pushed back. You know, Falcon and the Winter, Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah. got pushed back. Things are totally shifting in terms of where they're going to fit in the MCU timeline. So yeah, I think personally got people curious. Personally, Mm -hmm. I think that that you know it's weird, right? Obviously, you know, with the pandemic and COVID and the whole nine, nobody wanted this to happen. But the silver lining is that it actually did kind of give us a chance to, or not just a chance, but the us, but the entire industry a chance to kind of like sit back, reassess, take a breather, right? Because I think, especially with the MCU. Uh, the decision to have all these shows coming out there in this time was kind of made, I don't want to say rushed, but it was a business decision to like, all right, let's, we got to like, we got to keep pumping stuff out. We got to keep making money. Yep. Since the industry has been forced to take a pause, it's given them a chance to like, all right, let's sit and think about exactly how we're going to release this. I think doing WandaVision, being that it's a more cryptic style of a show, mm-hmm. is the best way to start. It's like an appetizer. It's like, you know, we're going to give you a bunch of these little clips that are going to be Easter eggs for the other shows that are going to come in after that. I think that, like, if we have seen, you know, Black Widow come out and Winter Soldier and Falcon come out before this, those just would have been action shows, you know, that, like, obviously mm-hmm. lend substance to the MCU. Mm-hmm. But it would have just fulfilled that action kind of part of everything, right? Like, exactly. if you start with WandaVision, it gives mm-hmm. us all the Easter eggs that kind of, like create like all the little strings that we're going to be looking for in the other shows right when we see black widow we're going to be looking for the thing that ties into what we saw in in wandavision and so on and so forth um but uh yeah i think uh i'm I'm excited so it what what if anything did you guys pick up specifically from the trailer so for me i also didn't necessarily know what i was looking at Mm -hmm. but my prediction is that that it's going to start off a little bit like foggy you know so to speak like the first few episodes are going to be just the same way that the characters were um shown where they didn't know they didn't even know what was going on and stuff and then little by little it's going to start like the story is going to reemerge and it's going to you know tell us you know what what direction they're going to be taking it towards you know i mean i felt like there was a uh of course, like I said, the old 70s TV show sitcom kind mm-hmm. of thing feel going for it. But I also feel like there's a Truman show feel to it. You know what I mean? Just where like you don't yeah. like we they're going to realize that there's someone else manipulating the strings, you know, and they have to figure out how to escape this manipulation. And that's where I think that the story is going to go. Um I agree. Jose, I see your hand raised again. <laughs> My hand is raised. I, I have to agree <laughs> with your point also. That's very well made just, just before you ask this question. This is something new and different, and that's an awesome appetizer for fans that, you know, want to see what new directions the MCU is going to take other than just beat-em-ups, which we love, but this is totally a different way to, to re-enter the universe. But 
Um, the other things that are like really, really interesting to me, well, a lot of things that you just mentioned also, obviously hopping eras is really cool. I have a feeling like this is going to be, I think, what, a six or eight episode series. So it's not going to be an exceedingly long uh, amount of time to flesh out this story. So I feel like maybe the first episode or two, they're going to have, like you said, Gabe, that it's going to be, they're going to not understand exactly where they are, where Wanda is and where Vision are. They're just going to be living these like sitcom lives and not understand what's going on. I, I get a sense that creeping into the first episode and sometime in the second episode is when they're going to start to discover that this is not or whatever it is it could be a pocket reality it could be wanda manipulating reality uh agatha harkness is uh being played by katherine hahn in this so she's going to be possibly involved in the plot she's tied to mephisto so mephisto might be kind of pulling the strings in all of this but ooh, mephisto might be like yeah. creating the reality actually I yeah that might be that'd be cool that'd be mm-hmm. cool that's um, that might tie to Doctor Strange also, which is what a lot of people are saying. Why right, a lot of people right, are thinking right. that that might be where this is going, but that's kind of so, what I think is going to open it, I guess. Right. So there was a lot of Easter eggs too, like a lot of you know we saw the old classic comic book accurate costumes, which looked like they were homemade. Um, but what about you, Walt? Like where where do you see? What did you gather from the trailer? What do you expect? What are you you know? Obviously, you know I got the idea from you that. We're looking at like uh, just or at least maybe the possibility of like just different errors per episode. But how do you how how are you expecting this to be tied in, you know, with well, the rest of the MCU? See, here, here's the thing. Um, and and one other important character before before I get into it, Monica Rambeau is going to be in this show. So th- that's going to be super exciting. And maybe it speaks mm-hmm. to the direction of Captain Marvel. But. One of the yeah. things that worries me a little bit about the show, and it's not the show itself, but the way it's positioned in this timeline. And again, this is this is all because of COVID-19. But if I remember correctly, this show was supposed to tie in really heavily with Doctor Strange and the, yeah. multi, the, the multiverse of madness, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But now, because everything's been pushed back, this show is coming out in 2020. Doctor Strange doesn't come out for another two years. And so, you know, I, I wonder if the connections that are I, being made in this show is kind of going to get lost in everything else. Because in between that, you're going to have um, things like, you know, the Winter Soldier. You're going to have the Loki show. Um, I don't remember which movies are coming up, but you're going to have Black Widow. So there's going to be at least three to four projects before we even get to what this show was supposed to tie into originally. And so, so no, no, not necessarily, not necessarily. See, here's the thing. I actually think that Doctor Strange is going to be the end book to WandaVision. If WandaVision is the first end book and you have all the other series in between five? and stuff, Doctor Strange is the end book that ties everything together. Well, this is phase know, four, I think four now, right? Yeah. So this would be yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with with Gabe Wandavision. Yeah, I think that that's I think of. I think that it'll work out better this way. That's why that's why I think that this is, you know, the best way to do it. because again, Wandavision is going to be one of those shows that's uh, going to be so cryptic that I felt like it doesn't it's almost like when you read a book, you have the epilogue. The mm-hmm. epilogue is, you know, the chapter in the book that starts before the chapter 1 and the epilogue, you don't know what the epilogue is. You don't you aren't supposed to understand the characters, the plot, you don't understand anything, but it gives you crumbs and tidbits that mm-hmm. only make sense later, way later in the book. Right. You know what I mean? They've been introduced to you, but it's so much later. Um, yeah, and I feel like you... this is going to be a good epilogue. 
aren't you afraid that those very very minute crumbs would kind of get lost I don't because think so. of, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think stuff. so. No, you know? I don't think so. Just because it's Marvel. Once again, Marvel has given us, I think no that doubt. we've all no as doubt. fans have, have, have been able to create like this kind of, you know, contract with Marvel and Marvel's done a really good job of protecting, you know, that contract, you know, like we trust, mm-hmm. I think that it's safe to say that we trust them. You know what I mean? Even the way that they, you know, brought in Falcon and all that stuff, like, you know, that's controversial, right? To like pass it off to Falcon and then create a series directly for him, but mm-hmm. no one's batting an eye about it. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, Jose, wh- where, you know, what do you think? Well, I, I was um, mostly going to, I guess, second some of your thoughts as well, because I think that, that the big thing to your point, Walt, is that this is going to be such a, to me, this show is going to be a huge alteration of the MCU. I think it's pretty pretty apparent. Um, and also, in in kind of these details getting lost, I think, in the shuffle of all the movies and TV shows that are coming out, I don't think that I'm going to worry about that because, like Gabe said, you know, the way that Marvel has set up all these Easter eggs and these little breadcrumbs that pay off later on over time has been so well done so far. I can give you an example because yesterday I saw the winter soldier for like the first time in a couple of years. And one of the little things, one of the little details that's so interesting that you notice in a rewatch is that, and it's not a huge thing, but like the song that's, that's playing um, when Nick Fury is injured and sneaks into Cap's house, right? The song that's playing is the same song that plays at the very end of the infinity saga when Cap is dancing with uh, Agent Carter. So, like, those details just come back in, in like, a perfect order. But, like, to, to really quickly speak to the point of how this is going to be really altering the MCU, we talk so much about how this is possibly a lot of, like, a lot like the, the Wanda Maximoff storylines from the comics where she alters reality and says no more mutants and all that kind of stuff. And the big Easter egg for me in this trailer is the bottle of wine that she's pouring when she's just doing, like, some bewitch stuff and, like, using her magic to move stuff around the house and, like, do chores. She's pouring a bottle of wine, and the bottle of wine is Maison. I'm going to butcher the French a little bit here, but it's Maison de Mepri or something along those lines. Okay. Maison means house in French. So it's house of M on this bottle of wine. Literally, the Easter egg is right there. And at the end of it, at the end of the trailer, that's like, huge. That's yeah, so it's huge. huge. The reality that Monica Rambeau kind of flies into, um, I don't know. I just get vibes of like X Men films. Yeah. So I kind of see this is going to be such a big influence on the MCU going forward that we're not going to have a, the ability to forget some of the, the big details in this. <laughs> let me let me let me point one more thing out mm-hmm. from the, from the trailer that I was kind of excited about is the twins. And the yeah. twins to me is really exciting because Wicked if speed. you know, yeah, exactly. If you know uh-huh. who they are, Wicked and Speed, it, this could be the start. And and we've already have a little little things here and there. We have little breadcrumbs here and there mm-hmm. of Young Avengers, you know. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, you wonder if they're they're obviously going to outlive you know any of the uh, the characters of the show. And we've already had you know. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Hawkeye's daughter that's out there. Um, mm-hmm. we, there, there are little crumbs here and there that they're kind of seeding for Young Avengers. So that, to me, is also exciting. Iron Lad, let's not forget his kind of planting in the universe, but yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. There's so, a lot of cool so Easter eggs and details. I, 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 I did want to go back to the Maze Zone of M, the House of M thing. For those of you guys that don't know what House of M is, House of M oh, was yeah. a, uh, a, 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 a core little miniseries as part of, um, obviously, Marvel's whole thing, but specifically a mutant side from the X-Men kind of side of Marvel and all that stuff. Um, the, the series basically involved... And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, now that I'm kind of like rehashing what House of M is, it actually kind of totally makes sense what's going on just from the trailer, where the entire trailer is almost like an Easter egg, I think, for House of M. Not just that bottle of wine, because House of M has to deal with uh, Scarlet Witch suffering a mental breakdown Mm -hmm. and not knowing that she's suffering a mental breakdown, right? Because maybe she really is the one that's kind of changing her reality, but not realizing it because of the mental breakdown maybe she's trying to like recreate the world where she's you know um still with vision and all that because again mm-hmm. don't forget that vision is dead right and he has the mind so in his head what in his other, what too. else what else what else what else could cause a mental breakdown for her you know maybe realizing that like her life is over without vision and so on and so forth and she's well, trying she to recreate like a, the happy times with vision <laughs> However, Vision himself is like, wait a minute, I'm dead. What's going on? Right? Like, she I think that that is how huh? the first she time did kill him. Right? She did. So it's you like know? the traumatic experience of like exactly. maybe going through that. Maybe she exactly, you know, and and that would be huge because that tells us a big, big, big deal about like where Marvel wants to take the mutant storyline now that they've acquired Fox and all the licenses for the mutants. Definitely, you know. It'd be, it'd be super sick. Oh, my God. that the, the ramifications of this are huge, right? Because if this is the case, then we're going to Age of Apocalypse, you know, uh, territory. Done properly. Um, and to me, Age of Apocalypse done properly mm-hmm. is the best thing. I think Age of Apocalypse should be a series, not a movie. I think they should do Age of Apocalypse as a series because there's parts of Age of Apocalypse that is that happens in an alternate reality where Magneto is the uh, leader of the X-Men um it's it's just it was just you know super super cool so i think that like uh if this is the case if if they are gonna do tell the house of m storyline i think this is like one of the best ways to introduce it they could take one of the x-men and turn that into a show and maybe tie it in that way and still have the movies that would actually probably be a good idea the way that you put it you know the good thing maybe or maybe or maybe they reintroduce (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 no. What if or they? Something. What if they what reintroduce the? What if they reintroduce the mutants and the X Men with a House of M series that we don't know about coming in the future? That's yeah, the good mean, thing because because Marvel Studios before um, before all of this, their TV shows had nothing to do with the MCU. Yeah, and and now the good thing is is that they've made the effort to say, you know what, these series are part of the MCU. They'll tie it back in. So that suggestion that you made. Gabe, where they they would take series and and flush them out and then throw them into movies would make perfect sense, you know. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think that the way that they're tying all of these shows together now, it's a it's it's a win win situation. It's almost a no brainer to do it that way. Yeah, they're yeah, already exactly. doing it that it's way. No brainer. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's like also a way that, you know, like even if they they are taking MCU as a whole into uh, Secret Wars. Um, they can follow oh, Secret Wars up with House of M. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I think that they're doing it because if you think about it, like, what better way to introduce Secret Wars than, than to do it with Nick Fury's own show, which, you know, they just officially announced. Oh, my gosh. Right? 
you know like that's there's no better way than to like do secret wars than to do it with shield and uh and 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 bringing the mutants in little by little and it's just i think that that is the culmination of everything that's going on it's going to be secret wars then house of m uh at the end of that i or or tied in somewhere there i you know i i think that's really where I, I need to take a break because <laughs> that just blows my mind. I, Secret Wars is one of my all-time favorite storylines. You know what I'm saying? I, I still have the Secret old Wars. books. Oh, I love it. You know what I'm saying? One of one of the things that one of the covers that I love is the one of of Doctor Doom and he's all broken up and messed up. I actually oh, yeah, drew, yeah. drew that because it was it's just one of my all-time favorite covers and stuff secret wars on the screen i would lose my mind yeah i mean secret wars i think was the pivotal moment in comic books especially in marvel that that you know changed the way comic book stories were told because the russos want to do that also right yeah they do secret wars is a secret secret war is one of the it was the storyline that kind of brought every single comic into one story um and it was like the start of like it's basically the, the 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 granddaddy of you know uh, like you know universes so to speak yeah, like yeah. marvel cinematic universes you have like this is the marvel universe and this is how we have the entire all our properties tied into one so yeah um it was like um, was crisis on infinite earth before crisis on infinite earth was crisis on right infinite earth. exactly basically, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, crisis on infinite earth was basically kind of the answer <laughs> Or the reply from DC. So I do. I do have a quick question though, because and this is pro, this might be for another podcast actually, because this is a this is I don't want to say it's a loaded question, but when we're talking about Secret Wars, the important question is, like I said, this might be another topic for another podcast. Which Secret Wars? Because there's what, I want three the original of them? one. You want the original? I want the original. It's got to be the original one, man. We got to do the yeah. original one. The the other ones, the other ones are, you know what? The other ones, you can do that kind of like a flashpoint type of thing because mm-hmm. uh, the or one that maybe. I remember, yeah. Well, not even because you know what? If they ever wanted to remake the universe, they mm-hmm. can do that with that that second Secret Wars, I believe. Right? That's the one where you had More the army so. of Thor's and and they took all the, yeah. the universes that, and they yeah, put them on the Wars. Yeah. Like to do use molecule man to like yeah, exactly. beyonders to control reality yeah. and so rebuild it. Would, yeah. I would actually hold that in my pocket in case, you know, you you get your actors starting to age out of these things. Ah. That's the best way to do a, so, a quote unquote flashpoint in the MCU. At least right. that's what so I think. It, 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 it's funny because the second Secret Wars, which is not so much of a secret, was meant for Marvel to rein in like their comics that were floundering, rein in their properties that weren't doing well that they needed to cancel and it's like all right we need to kind of end all this it's it's, it's very much how like you know with with x-men x-men as a as a comic book line was kind of floundering over the last decade and they passed it over to jonathan hickman to kind of take over it and yeah. you know with house of x and and powers of 10 it was like all right we're gonna create this entire new giant mega explosion in this universe mainly so that we can restart it without people realizing that we're restarting it necessarily so um so with that being said anything else that you guys want to add about wandavision before we move on to 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 the the huge gaming news that came out super excited it's gonna be awesome yep all right yeah i think i'm more excited now after you know us talking about it than i was when i saw the trailer i'm like so much more excited now <laughs> we'll get you uh, before we move on <laughs> how yeah. what was that 
hopefully our listeners are also. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they are. I hope I oh, hope we got way. you guys excited for WandaVision. <laughs> you know, the by the way, I want to do a, a huge thank you to the listeners that are, you know, um sharing and subscribing. You guys have a, like our numbers are huge right now. Yes. And uh thank you, know, you guys. We're Woo-hoo! back to kind of like our old uh, you know, numbers and stuff. I know that the quarantine has like kicked us out a little bit out of our routines, but um thank you so much for listening. So moving on. We love um, you guys. <laughs> so the other big news that well the, the hugest huge hugest news that came out was biggest microsoft buying bethesda ever. they bought bethesda um for seven billion dollars that's pretty cheap the ownership of their studios and all their properties that's more um, than and that's more than cheap well it's more know? than disney I mean, paid for for star wars that's that is disney true paid. but that was way back when that's I true. suppose, I suppose, but see the difference is, yeah, it was it was way back when, and they bought. You know, when it comes to film, it's a little bit different, right? Because you're buying IP properties, yeah, which yeah, they could have they could have done with yeah. uh, Bethesda, but Bethesda they also bought all the studios as well as the contracts, essentially for all the employees that they have, right? Like, um, they're not just buying the IPs to all the properties that they created; right. they've bought all the studios and the technologies that they that Bethesda themselves have created as well. So there's a lot that goes into like buying. Uh, out a game studio um i think back to when warner brothers bought midway warner brothers bought midway specifically for the ip so they shuttered all of the midway studios right that was kind of like obviously midway was floundering and stuff like that but warner brothers literally bought midway just for just for mortal kombat they canceled all their other properties they closed down all the studios which sucks because they've you know had to let go of hundreds and hundreds of employees across four different studios um, but it was mainly for the IPs when it came to Bethesda, Bethesda being as big as they are with however many other smaller studios under their umbrella. Um, we're talking about, and you know, a, a, a company that has thousands of employees across, uh, you know, I think like a dozen studios worldwide. Um, so yeah, the, the, this has huge implications because Bethesda has, uh, probably one of the biggest, the biggest uh, properties um, to perform on Sony PlayStation, their direct competitor, which is Elder Scrolls and Oblivion and, and whatnot. So Huge Microsoft game. now basically has the opportunity. It's almost like they have the guillotine on, on Sony. They can choose to drop that guillotine and be like, hey, you know what? From now on, every single Elder Scrolls game is now exclusive to Xbox. And it's not just Elder Scrolls. Where they have Doom and, and so many other major properties that they can take away from Sony. So, which I think is huge because Bethesda owns essentially all the biggest Western RPGs, yeah, you know, do. and Sony being a yeah. huge RPG platform, uh, that's that's a kind of a big deal. So, Jose, I mean, to, just to clarify the way that, the way that the news is being reported is that that Microsoft bought Bethesda, but to make it to kind of put this in a larger perspective, they didn't actually buy Bethesda; they bought their parent company, ZeniMax Media, which includes Bethesda. And that's why, like you mentioned, they have all these huge IPs, which includes id Studios, creator of one of the most iconic, of some of the most iconic games of all time, like Doom and Wolfenstein. Um, but, like, if you think about the games that they now have in their stable, and the way that Sony has to respond is going to have to be huge because Sony, last generation, right, they were the big first-party um, single-player 
kind of console, right? If you like to play story-driven single-player games, role-playing games, things of that nature, you got a Sony PlayStation. That's, you know, that's the best way to go about it because you have, you know, games like Drake's, you know, Drake's Adventure and, and you know, Horizon Zero Dawn and Ghost of Tsushima, games we've been playing a lot recently, these huge first-party not really multiplayer focused games microsoft was kind of the opposite but now microsoft is covering all of that umbrella because microsoft was more the multiplayer i would say they had the halo like games and things like that and they were they kind of suffered and that's the reason why people didn't buy microsoft's console among other things among some mistakes they made the last generation early on uh because their first party experiences and their first party games weren't as as big as what sony was offering but now the games that they have to match Sony, you know, Spider-Man can be matched by Fallout. All these big properties, they can match one-to-one. And I'm not even going to... We, we, we got to get into this, obviously, later. The implications of all this stuff being released on Game Pass, day one, in most cases, friggin' huge. Before we even talk about, like, if Microsoft wants to decide to make certain right, games right. exclusive to their console or not. That's huge. So Game Pass is going to be a really, really huge thing. But I want to, before we get to Game Pass, I want to, like, uh, let Walter chime in simply because you have the list of all the studios now that are comparatively comparatively owned by Mm -hmm. Sony versus Microsoft. Yeah? Yeah. So take it away. Before before we get into that, I, I do believe that somebody did say that there, while, while, Microsoft does own Bethesda, they are going to be looking at the games case by case to see if whether it's going to be Microsoft exclusive or they're going to make it available to Sony's platform. So, you know, the implication is that, you know what, they can be super greedy and say, you know what, you have to go get an Xbox to get the game that we have. But they haven't been that draconian yet. And I I do emphasize the words yet. Because um, right now, there are a couple of games that are still, you know, in development that will hit both um, consoles, including Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when pressed um, on on whether or not everything else is going to be exclusive, you know, their boss, Phil Spencer, said, you know what, we're going to take other consoles on a case-by-case basis. So... Just because they have Bethesda does not necessarily mean that it's going to be exclusive to Microsoft, but you can you can read the tea leaves, right? Yeah, so, that, that's true. Yeah. But I will say, just uh, I was going to mention this a little bit later, but I will say that uh, Phil Spencer has been on record saying that um, Bethesda will operate semi-independently. Yes, so exactly. I feel like that's going to be like, hey, Bethesda, do your own thing. However, when we need to step in and be like, hey, this is this is more or less what exactly. we want. They're going to step in, but they're not going to like take over the direction that they're going. And 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 we'll get into this a little bit later. But I personally have my own thoughts on like how Microsoft is going to operate with Sony. So, but yeah, the okay. uh, so yeah, let's get let's into get those. Let's, let's get into those studios, right? So mm-hmm. you know, in terms of hardware, we 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 kind of know that the Xbox Series X is the more potent of the two consoles, right? I, I think yeah. everybody agrees on that. Mm-hmm. Now, what's going to make or break the consoles has always been software and games, okay? And so you know, I did a, a kind of a little chart here on the studios that are owned by both companies. So I'm going to go through this really, really quick because believe it or not, some of these, this list is actually pretty big. 
Um, so I'm going to hit Microsoft first because obviously that's what we're talking about. So they own Mojang, which is known for Minecraft. They know they own Arcane Studios, which Dishonored, Prey, you know, those are the games that they have. Double Fine, which is Psychonauts. Turn 10, which is Forza. You know, if you're into racing games, that's like the one of the top on the Xbox. Um, they own the Coalition, which is known for Gears of War. 343 Industries, you guys should know what that is, but just in case you don't, that's <laughs> Halo. All right. They also own Playground, Playground Games, which is known for Forza Horizon and Fable. Id Software, which is part of Bethesda, um, which is Doom, Quake, and Rage. Ninja Theory, which they do Hellblade. Bethesda, obviously. Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Starfield. Obsidian, which is the Outer Worlds, Fallout, New Vegas. They own Rare, which is uh, Battletoads. I don't, I'm not too familiar with that one. Mm-hmm. Undead Labs, State of Decay, World's Edge, Age of Empires. Xenomax Online, Elder Scrolls Online. Alpha Dogs. Um, those are more mobile games, compulsion games. Uh, we happy few. I'm not too familiar with that. Machine games, Wolfenstein, in Excel, in Exile, which is Wasteland, and Tango, which is the Evil Within, and Ghostwire Tokyo, which is also part of Bethesda. Okay, so those are the games that, those are the game studios that Microsoft owns. Here's the ones that Sony owns. You have Polyphony Digital. Um, and any racing fan would know that that's Gran Turismo. I mean, that goes way back. Forza. Original PlayStation. Oh, Gran Turismo, dude, is awesome, though. You know, I believe it or not, you got memories. Part of part of my my race. I've I've raced cars on tracks before and stuff. And part of the things that I learned in Gran Turismo actually oh, yeah, helped absolutely. me do it. You know what I'm saying? I remember absolutely. the first Gran Turismo had a big booklet talking about racing yeah i remember it was super thick they were you know yeah yeah I mean, yeah i remember that I had the skip barber coupon in the back <laughs> exactly and everything you know, you know right? <laughs> but i don't so know man go. i feel like gran turismo is like falling to the wayside but for me anyway oh i, I do on. like the new game but i digress okay so you have polyphony digital you have guerrilla games which um they did kill zone they did horizon zero dawn you have SIE London Studio, which is SingStar, and that's a very, I don't know if you guys know that, that's kind of like a karaoke game, but mm-hmm. they're mainly focused now on PSVR, which interestingly, we haven't heard anything about in terms of the next generation, but I digress. Yeah. A new acquisition of SEIE Manchester, you have Media Molecule, which does Little Big Planet, SEIE XDev Europe, which does Until Dawn, and the awesome very underrated Detroit Become Human. Um, SIE Ben Studio, which is Days Gone. Insomniac Games. You guys know that. That's mm-hmm. Marvel's Spider-Man. But they also do Spiral the Dragon and Ratchet and Clank. Naughty Dog. Jose, you're a big fan of them because they are the guys that do The Last of Us. But they also have Crash Bandicoot, Jack and Daxter, and Uncharted. And Gabe, I know you laugh, but you know what? Let's stay off The Last of Us because we'll never finish this podcast. <laughs> it makes money. But yeah, what, are, what are the properties? All right. are you, I'm almost Because they their list is not as big. They have Pixel... Pixelopus, I hope I said that right. They do a game called Entwined. I'm not too familiar with that. SIE San Diego Studio, which is MLB The Show, and the new Uncharted game, apparently they are going to be the ones doing it. 
SIE Santa Monica studio. That's a favorite of Dre's, AJ. He That's the studio that created the God of War. And last but not least, this is one of my favorite studios, Sucker Punch. Sly Cooper, Infamous, and my most favorite game of all time, Ghost of Tsushima. Those are the studios that both of these companies own. What do you guys think? Um, I, I, I think that, like, obviously, I still think that Sony has a more compelling list of story-driven games. Obviously, with the exception of now, you know, under Bethesda and, and their, you know, uh, Elder Scrolls properties and stuff. And Fallout, those have obviously compelling uh, story mode games, uh, stories in, in general. But I still think that, like, Sony has probably the... Um, the cream of the crop when it comes to story-driven games. Uh, but, I don't know. Um, I don't know how pretty, Sony... Pretty good games, though, man. They do. Yeah. No, no, no. They absolutely do. They absolutely do. I still think that, like, if you're going to, like, compare the lists of, you know, yeah. the games, I think that's where Sony's strong, strong suit is going to be versus where Microsoft's strong suit is going to be Game Pass and video game availability which I want to talk to talk about in a little bit. But um, what I'd like to know um, is essentially where do you see, like, or how how do you see Microsoft using this newfound power there? It's almost like Microsoft got, like, one of the major Infinity Stones in their gauntlet now, oh right? How do you <laughs> see Sony so responding? First of all, it's... how do you see uh, Sony responding? And also, like, how, how does this strengthen Microsoft? They go and I'll throw Sega. this to you, Jose. Uh, well, <laughs> oh my God, dude, that's a whole that's a whole different wish. I hope <laughs> I wish so Microsoft would buy Sega that. because not only would they have like the Sega properties for video games and stuff, but they would also have like Sega's newfound passion for film. Um, yeah. But again, like Sonic, that's a whole yeah. separate thing. That's wishful thinking. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll let Jose. Talk, I want to talk about how this is gonna <laughs> strengthen Microsoft's gauntlet. I'm going to go even further than, than you did saying that, that um, this is an infinity stone in their gauntlet. I think that this acquisition is the gauntlet because of how many studios they just acquired. Like they, they instantly just shut down the conversation about, about how Sony has the better first party um, genre, notwithstanding has the better first party selection of games, because now if you look at the, at the advantages that Microsoft has in terms of genre, like you mentioned earlier, Gabe, and like we've talked about, they have the Western RPG market with fallout with elder scrolls. They have first person shooters kind of over, over Sony cause Sony has more third person shooters and games like that. Third person adventure games. Cause they have halo and they have doom among other games right now. Um, so they have that that huge advantage because of some of those properties and some of those genres that are big. Obviously, RPGs are huge. Open world games are huge. They kind of both, both systems have that, I think, in spades now. Um, but I think that, yeah, this is, this is a gauntlet level. Like Bethesda ZeniMax acquisition is going to change it so much to the point that I don't know that this is going to necessarily change the the way that the last console generation went, where PlayStation outsold Microsoft, I think, almost three to one. They sold over 100 million PlayStation 4s. But it's it's not going to be anywhere near as skewed as it once was because, yeah, after this, like, 
the the amount of offerings like you said gabe the story driven offerings go a little bit to sony but now there's no clear winner in some of these genres either because of these studios that we we don't even mention overall you know we, we talk big about like bethesda and id software but those smaller studios some of the smaller studios that walt mentioned that are releasing some of these really really right, right. player experiences that enters into the conversation as well right but see this is where i say that it's no longer going to be about first party third party what mm -hmm. games they have it's what services they have microsoft has been on the services uh you know, boat for a long time. They just haven't executed it properly. Remember that the 360 was supposed to be about services, about streaming and 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 making the console more about an entertainment thing with the connect and 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 all that stuff. They've been on the whole services thing for a long time. And I think that like, you know, they made some mistakes with the 360 um and 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 the rather the xbox one and well 360 and the xbox one but specifically with the xbox one but they still are 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 fighting that fight to build services and now with game pass and having you know all these new games you know launching or that, that are going to be on game pass um remember they just announced that doom eternal is going to be on you know game yeah. pass on the day one of the series x coming out i mean that's huge for me because I too, even though I'm a little bit more of an Xbox fan than than a, than a Sony fan, um, I too have been, you know, kind of on the fence about buying a new system because it's like, if there's nothing specifically coming out, then why do it? But with the Xbox Series X coming now, Game Pass, and these new games, these new properties that I've been wanting to play for a long time coming out, why? Like now, I have an incentive to play on the Series X simply because of their pricing structure that they have as well as the ability to play these mm -hmm. um, these games that have come out you know a long time ago already at this point um, or even some of the newer games at a, a, at a at better quality like it's like why not for me at this point you know yeah. so um, Walt, what do you think as far as how Sony's feeling right now how they're gonna respond and and you know as far as you know how this is gonna impact the next gen launches? You know, since there really aren't going to be anything available at the launch. Right. So b before we get into that, I just wanted to to touch on something that you mentioned in terms of services, because um, I, I did see that there was something interesting that came over the wires this week. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know a lot of people that caught caught this, but um, the Xbox app that's on mobile, um, yeah. they are redoing it. And and right now it's in a beta uh it's in beta right now, but what they're doing is that they're creating the ability and similar to something that PlayStation already has, but they are creating the ability to stream your games within the household onto any of any mobile device that you may have. So if you have an iPad, if you have a laptop, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and, and I, that's something that they've never done. You've always had to get a third party app to be able to do that. Well, and, even really then, quick. it didn't work very well. Really quick, Walt. Like, actually, I was on the this the beta for this for a while. It's been mm -hmm. a beta for a long time. And I the, the thing that, that I want to say really quickly that's actually a big implication for me so far is that when I try to stream games on Microsoft service versus Sony's service, I have huge issues with Sony's streaming offerings. I haven't had that issue with Microsoft on the same connections, mm -hmm. in the same household, same connection speeds. Right. Microsoft has streamed with more quality than some of Sony's offerings. So that's, you know, you know, I got, I got, I, from your I, console, I gotta, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, not only that, but also streaming it from from Microsoft or Sony's servers as well. Both of those well, right. things I have worked to better. On that. I wanted to speak on that simply because mm-hmm. the, the this is how I feel about the streaming is I feel like Sony's streaming service is essentially kind of like an afterthought, to be honest with you. I don't yeah. think that I think they tacked it onto like their infrastructure, their their hardware and software infrastructure um, as a response to Game Pass. Um, whereas Microsoft has made their streaming kind of the infrastructure for their hardware and their software. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the technologies that Sony has put in the PS4 and I, and I believe moving into the PS5, especially going back to the PS3, it's always been about like their super proprietary so- like hardware and the software has to work directly with their, their hardware in a certain specific way. And that has, what ends up happening with that is that you have um, obviously a vertical kind of integration of a platform, but then it makes it difficult to introduce things like a streaming service and so on and so forth. So I think that that has to do with the fact that like Sony has kind of made it an afterthought, you know, um, and it's going to be hard to catch up, I think, you know, because the more now. they're getting closer to Microsoft, the more Microsoft is just going to be, you know, expanding, expanding, expanding. They're going to be the Netflix of the gaming industry where they're going to yep. end up being too big. And you, you know, also to have to look with. at look at the, the thing that they're trying to roll out now, which is xCloud, um, which is which is huge. Right. Right. Now, exactly. Right, you are going to be able to play Xbox games on your mobile device. You Which know, again, runs really well. Exactly. I played WWE 2K20. I don't own that game. I played it multiplayer with a couple of friends, and it I ran think, really I think well you on my phone. Are, <laughs> I think you and I are talking about different apps, though, because no, you're, no, no, you're I'm not. Xbox. This is this is the X Cloud. I was because X Cloud was a beta for a long time. Right, I was. I'm not I talking was, about that. I, no. Originally, I wasn't talking about that. I was okay. talking about the Xbox app proper. Xbox has yeah. an app on iOS, which now in is in beta, and it allows you to connect to your console within the home. Right. Now, XCloud is a Let different. Me, I'm service. sorry, Walt, to cut you off. Let me just clarify. Like that that functionality that's in that app now is what I'm saying. I was a part of beforehand. So I I was using it. like basically they just added it to Xbox, but but there was an app. I think it was actually only on Android since like November of last year that allowed you to to stream to your Android device with an Xbox controller, mobile games that either you owned from your home console or from their servers. Okay. So, yeah, th- th- this has been... Maybe it's an Android thing that, that no, I've been able to access for a while. And also, you were able to do it in Windows as well. Yeah, but isn't I don't that think... though? Um, it's, it, it's both, actually, because there's two different services, and the, the way that it works is a little confusing. Now they're all kind of rolling it into one app. And that's why now you're getting that all that functionality in the iOS app, but on no, Android but it, for a while, X- those functionalities were split up into X-Cloud two. Cloud is not coming to iOS, at least not right now. So that's why I say we're talking about two different apps. We're talking about the Xbox app proper, which Game only Pass. allows you to. It's almost like remote play for PS4. That's Game Pass then, because that's no, it's the, not. That's new Game Pass functionality. No, 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 it's not. This app allows you to connect to your console. So think of it this way: if mm. I'm at home and I'm watching TV, and my son, and you know, either AJ or Eli wants to play the Xbox, but I'm on the TV, they right. now have the ability with this Xbox app beta yeah. to connect to the console and play on their on their screen, whatever mobile right. device yeah. they have. The yeah, X I see this Cloud the, uh, is different. Yeah. 
the X Cloud allows you to get into Game Pass without connecting to the console. So that's why I say there right. are two different apps. I think we're talking about two different things here. You know, okay. you know what it is, and I, I don't. Uh, and I know the XCloud app gave you the option to do both of those things before. That's probably right. where the confusion is, okay. because you that, could do that from the XCloud app. You could connect to your home console right. as well. This Anyways, is now. Yeah, right, right, right. Let's not different. get lost in the weeds on that. Sorry about that. Right. Okay, so there, there are two different things. Now, the thing is, with the xCloud coming onto iOS, of course, Apple is making it difficult because they don't want to allow them to get on it because of their you know, App Store policy. So what they want Microsoft to do is to release separate apps for games, and that's how you connect, which is impossible if you think about it. So they're making it very difficult for Microsoft to get yeah. onto the App Store, you know? Mm-hmm. But... Going back to what um, Gabe threw this, threw it over to me for, and I'm going to ask Jose this because he, you touched mm-hmm. on this before. You know, we, we're all great about how you know Microsoft is 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 doing all of this stuff, and they they have all these studios, and Game Pass is going to be awesome. But how do you think this this impacts this next gen launch window right now? Because Ooh. even though they have all these games, they're not really you know there's nothing new that's coming out of it in terms of launch whereas sony already has kind of their stuff going and and quite honestly i you know to me i think the sony launch list of games is probably a little bit better than microsoft probably how do you think how do you think i this in the long run to me makes xbox a better um purchase i guess if you want to say that but you know how people are they're very in the now so do you think that this news is really going to impact the launch window or is this more down the line but by that time would it be too late for xbox to catch up so uh real real what I believe, I'll say, is this. like, In terms of affecting the launch window, I don't think this is going to affect the launch of too many games or the scheduling of launching certain games on Sony's end or Microsoft's end. I think both consoles have kind of dedicated themselves to the proposition that now, because of a variety of reasons, including COVID, they're not trying to wow you necessarily with their launch lineups. They're trying to wow you with the what-ifs on their consoles. But one thing that I find really telling um, that I think is going to be a part of how Sony is going to have to adjust their strategy because I think they set the I think they set it in motion a little bit. If you think about it, what the heck was the point of releasing a digital version of PlayStation 5 unless you had some idea to lean into streaming games a little bit more. If you think about it, it has know. to be I, I don't, in a way. Well, we'll think of it this way because so. well, let, let me let me say like because if you look at it in terms of well, look at it this way. It's in terms of a small amount of actions, not just the fact that they have that digital PlayStation 5, but let's also you know, remember what Walt said. It's not a great offering yet, but or actually, I'm not sure if you mentioned this, but you know, Sony recently released, what, like 100 of their classic or more popular games, just like Game Pass does, where they release some more current or more popular games in order to entice people into their PlayStation Now service. So... To your point, I'll let you. I'll let you make your point and disagree or agree with whatever is being said here, Gabe. 
I think that Sony understands that they have to to kind of plant the breadcrumbs for these things, and they were waiting maybe to see what Microsoft was going to do since they're ahead in that space, and they're going to react to it, which in Sony's case, since they have the lead in the console wars, I think is the right strategy. Wait to see how well this strategy works for Microsoft, and then if it's something that really starts to separate Microsoft or change the console war, then Sony has to really invest in those services. But again, they just kind of planted the breadcrumbs. See, I, I don't think that that's accurate simply because I see Sony right now as Blockbuster and Microsoft as mm -hmm. Netflix, right? They're not taking, I don't think Ooh. that they took Microsoft's <laughs> streaming seriously. Because for me, that's they're a chilling offering. No, it, it, but it's a little, about it. the reason I say that is because it, it's, it's true <coughs> that, of course, they're offering a, you know, a disc version of the PS5 versus a disc version. But the reason for that is no different than, you know, when Mac started mm. putting on MacBooks, some that had the DVD drive and some that didn't. It was mainly to have a cheaper offering, you know, it's just for as they slowly move to a digital only uh, industry. But their whole thing is still hardware more than anything. Okay. You know, I don't think that like, I don't think that they decided to like do a streaming you know, or rather a discless uh, PS5 version for the sole purpose of like, well, we're going to be moving into streaming because if streaming was what they were going to be moving into, I think they would have been investing more time in developing uh, a streaming service versus developing two separate consoles. I guess we'll, we'll see what happens um, with now moving forward. Let me just yeah, say Yeah, I mean, that. I think that that's kind of the biggest issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Let me just say this, and... and you know, I'm gonna I'm going to look at the two different offerings and the, and the differences between the two because the Xbox Series X gives you a pretty a pretty lofty hard drive, and then the the S version, which is the digital oh. version, is is much lower, right? Oh, but yeah. You know, they have Game Pass, and so you, the the implication there is that they are moving towards streaming. The PlayStation 5, interestingly enough, you know, you have the disc version and the discless version. And I got to be careful how I say that last one because it <laughs> sounds something, like something else, right? Discless? Hey, 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 relax. This is a I didn't PG, say anything wrong. PG uh, podcast, you know? <laughs> Maybe but, what you heard is something wrong, but I didn't say a word. You know what? Watching without, the boys without saying the actual much. word. <laughs> without saying the actual <laughs> word. That last episode of like, the boys. Uh, What's oh up? my god <laughs> oh yeah you know you know what i'm oh talking my about god. <laughs> no, no look spoilers. honestly honestly yeah. if you if you take off that s that's kind of how i feel about sony right now without a proper hey. streaming service hello oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that so, blockbuster comparison makes sense <laughs> yeah so anyway the the thing about the playstation 5 which i find very interesting is that the playstation 5 both versions they offer the same hard drive now while that sounds pretty, pretty cool, you also got to take into, into account PlayStation 5 games, they are huge when you download them. And, and that is going to be a huge problem. I mean, I'm looking at an article here um, that, that talks about the PlayStation 5 game sizes. Um, you look at Demon Souls. Demon Souls, it's it's a 825 gigabytes of storage that you get in in the PS5. Demon Souls is close to now 175 of that is it's a it's a one terabyte. So 175 of it is of the gigs is just for the system, the hardware, right, the software. Demon Souls as a game 
is mm-hmm. 105 gigs. That is one seventh of the available space yeah. on that hard drive. That's a problem. That is a problem. So both if they're not growing, yeah. but you know what? The PlayStation 5, they always are more the, the bigger of the two because the Xbox, I have a terabyte on my Xbox. I have a, a, a completely separate hard drive. Uh-huh. I still have a ton of games on that. For the PlayStation 5, which is the same size, I have to manage the games that are on there because games like Call of Duty, they take up almost the entire thing. So I'm constantly, every time there's an update for Call of Duty, I've got to delete a game in order to update it. That's a big problem. They just lowered the install size on the recent one, I think, though, right? A new update just came up. I had to delete a game in order to update the damn game. I thought they reduced the so, install size, though. Did, anyway, but it's so big. Yeah, it's they, still huge. they did, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. the install size was one thing, but like, yeah, that's just the initial install size. You still have to like keep downloading the new updates, and it exactly. just keeps tacking on. So this all has that's to do with problem. that whole thing of like Sony always wanting to have proprietary hardware, and then the software being having to be built around it, right? So then what ends up happening is like, for example, the PS5 is going to have a completely new hardware infrastructure that developers now have to you know work around learn develop and create which a lot of times creates bigger install packages just because they have a lot of code that's not as efficient as opposed to xbox which is essentially just a a standard pc with a few modifications to its uh Mm -hmm. to its processing unit you know what i mean and that's what makes it easier to develop for a pc than than it does for sony now don't forget that with the game pass and xcloud you don't just have the games on the Xbox and Series X, you'll have them on your PC too. Listen, yep. and that's just gonna like again, like it's it's we're talking about like numbers here, you know. I I just need to make a quick correction. Um, the game that that this article was referring to was not Demon Souls; it was Spider Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. That's the one that's 105 gig gigabytes. Demon Souls is just an expansion. Yeah, that Demon is just Souls an expansion. It's, it's gonna play. Gigs. Yeah, it's going to be its own game, but it's essentially still just an expansion. It's 105 of... gigs, dude. That's freaking crazy. We didn't still Call of Duty Cold War on PS5. That's, gonna that's be like what I was going to say. So basically gigs. on the PS5, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's going to be the PS5, entire You have room right for You're going to have to buy so the expansion. 60... To install that 60, 60 to 7, 60 to 70% of Xbox or uh, PlayStation 5 users are going to have Call of Duty and one other game. That's it. And, and you wonder yeah. if this is a strategy for them because um, Xbox just released uh, a, uh, a news article, a news release of their memory card is a, a terabyte. It's $200. Think about that. It's yeah. almost as, as much as the actual console itself. You have to use it. You can't yeah, exactly. use an external solid state drive or something like that. You have to but use. You wonder if this right. is a strategy that they're they're employing and maybe, you know, but see, but, dumb but, enough to do it. Right. It no, but be. at the same time, let's take it a look at be. like the lifelong of a console. It's going to be seven to ten years. I think the Series X is probably going to be like a seven eight year console, and it's not unlike you know upgrading your PC's hard drive four or five. Yeah years down the line and stuff like that or even two three years down the line it's kind of similar to that i would say um and you know like a, a terabyte solid state hard drive is gonna be a little over a hundred dollars as it is as it is and this is gonna be a more yeah. a little bit more of an overpowered you know solid state hard drive that's meant to work directly with 
this infrastructure. Now, I wanted to kind of go back um, mm-hmm. a little bit and, you know, talk a little bit about like that whole like um, the release schedule and how it's going to impact. I think it will impact it in a certain way. Right. Because like mm-hmm. think about think about uh a lot of the Xbox fans, maybe not too many Xbox. Well, we know that not a, not as many Xbox uh, ones were sold as the PS4s. Um, but now with the Series X and the Game Pass and the new titles that are coming, especially with Doom Eternal, which is going to be a, a big seller for Xbox fans and stuff like that coming out. All those games are now part of the launch of Series X. Every game title that's in the Game Pass is essentially a launch title for them, you know, for the people that are like new adopters to, to the, to, to Xbox or the people that didn't, that are Xbox fans that didn't get a chance to play a lot of these games during the Xbox ones, you know, life cycle and stuff like that. All these games are now launch titles. Whereas the PS five doesn't have that library, you know, yet at least until their, their, you know, PlayStation streaming service gets up to par. So I think that like, that is where, the launch title game is going to be played you know it's in that little area so what do you guys think of that so hmm. so um i think that you had it on mute for a moment <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i had it on mute for a moment i wanted to let you speak and not let the ambulances and and hipsters of of uh my area um kind of overlap what you're saying um, as far as affecting the launch window, you know, I, you know, my opinion on it. I still think, I don't know if it's going to necessarily change the launch window for some of those games, although I do agree on some of the points that you just made. The question I have for you guys though, actually that I thought about that I think is important to kind of ask is if you look at the way that Microsoft is structuring their offerings with game pass, with X cloud, with the Xbox apps on the various platforms, you don't need a Microsoft console in many cases, nope. to actually play a lot of these games. Uh-huh. What do you think that's going to do in terms of selling the hardware? You know, because, so, like, if you don't need it, I then think, what the heck's the point necessarily? If you have an iPad right, and a so, controller, so have, you know? So I have, I, have, I have something that. That's, what, that's why I say that Microsoft is not in the console war anymore. Yeah, They're I in agree. the streaming wars. They, they, the console is now going to be a peripheral for them. But what they're looking towards is is the yeah all software all streaming whatever if you if you can get the game pass and just have you know your 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 iOS uh you know tablet or just your PC then great like Mm -hmm. they're getting what they want which is the memberships yeah you know the Xbox controller as well you know is essentially hardware yeah the Series X is just essentially another portal for them to gain memberships. Mm-hmm. You know, again, they want to be Netflix. They want to get as member as many memberships now and as many studios now and properties now so that 10 years from now, their library is too big to compete with and their membership count is too wide to steal from and really make an impact, right? Think about like all the services that have come out in the last two years trying to compete with Netflix that still really can't. I would say Disney mm-hmm. Disney Plus is probably the closest thing in in uh, quality shows that can compete with Netflix. Prime Video has, HBO has its own yeah. service and stuff like that. And I still would say that Netflix has the bigger power because Netflix is now at the point where they have their own studios and they're creating their own films specifically just for 
their streaming service. It's going to be three, four years down the line where you're going to see games. That's where the exclusive thing is going to happen. It's which streaming game service is going to have exclusive streaming games, whereas on another platform, you have to buy them. They might, you know, the next uh, the next Fallout might come out on PlayStation and Xbox, but you can stream it on Xbox if you have your, you know, the $25 <laughs> membership or you have to buy it on PlayStation for 80 or stream it on your on your Microsoft PC or stream it on your exactly Apple iPad. right. You don't even need yeah, to have the Sega the Series X. You can just as long as you have that, like it's, you know, it, it and it's really easy to budget out for most people. If you have Netflix, Disney Plus, uh, and Amazon Prime, you're looking at I don't know what is that like thirty forty dollars a month at twenty five dollars sixty five dollars. That's that's your cable service and all your gaming for sixty five dollars a month. Yeah, just have your internet, and that's everything basically there. Yeah, (laughs) and again, that's hard to beat. They're out switching the Nintendo Switch in a way too because of that portability. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me let me ask you a question because it's it's interesting that we're talking about streaming versus hardware because um, there is there is another um, entrant into the the streaming gaming mm-hmm, wars mm-hmm. And, and such and it's interesting because there are two companies that are doing it and they fall in line very similar to the two different major console um offerings in terms of sony and, and microsoft you have google stadia which has been out for a little bit and hasn't really gotten a lot of traction and the way that works is that they provide you with a little console and you you have the thing and you purchase the games very similar to the way that playstation does it um, this week, Amazon, it's interesting that we were talking about Amazon Prime and Netflix and all that stuff. Amazon jumped into it, and this is something that they've been working on for a while. And um, the way they're doing it is very interesting. And their their offering is called the Amazon Luna. You don't right. necessarily need a console. The only thing that you have to do is buy their controller and subscribe to their, their service. And what they're doing is very similar to the way Microsoft is doing it because, again, the controller is kind of the thing that you need, but you don't need a Fire TV. You can do this through the console. You can do this through the computer. And what they're doing is that currently for $5.99, you get a stable of games. Okay? Right. Um, so, but the okay. other thing... The other thing that I find very, very interesting that they're doing that nobody else is doing is that they're going to open up channels. So, for example, um, they're supposedly the next channel that they're going to open, which is not necessary. And we don't have any pricing on this because it's still very early in the game is the Ubisoft Studio channel. So basically what you do is if you want to if you like Ubisoft and you can subscribe to this channel and play all their games. So now you're you're at a position where they're treating gaming almost as cable. Yeah. Which I find very, right. very so, interesting. So I, I, I did actually, you know, I'm glad that you brought it up because I do kind of want to touch on it. So Amazon is taking a, a different approach to streaming as Microsoft. Microsoft wants to be Netflix, which is like this one service, and you get every single thing that's under our umbrella, whereas Amazon does it the way that their Prime membership works already, right? You have a Prime membership, and then you can add HBO to it. You can add Showtime. Right. You can add Curiosity TV. You can add Nat Geo. All of them usually for like a $5 additional fee, exactly. which is more or less what they're going, which is cool, but I don't think it's going to work as well for video gaming simply because 
for example, Ubisoft isn't going to release a new game every six months or every five months, three months, or even, even a, I mean, I guess like they're one of those studios that can release an Assassin's Creed every single year, but that's, they don't, I don't think they can release that kind con- the amount of content in order to justify a monthly subscription for just one, you know, brand. Now, but do you have, let me, let me I ask you this question, Gabe. Let yeah. me ask you this question, Gabe. Um, let's say that they they do open it up for all the studios. Do, don't you think that there may be a a case to be made that let's say for example Ubisoft releases the next Assassin's Creed, right? And mm-hmm. that's the thing that comes out. And so for that month, you subscribe to the Ubisoft channel, and once you're finished with the game, you can go ahead and subscribe to I don't know. And again, I'm I'm not. I'm not familiar with what they're doing. I'm just mm-hmm. going to pick the first one that's out there. Maybe they go and they subscribe to whatever next studio that that's out there that they have. And right. There's a new game that comes. Right. Exactly. And then there's a game that comes out on that, and they say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to cancel my Ubisoft subscription, and then I'm going to open up my subscription for this channel. You're getting so, everything for like six bucks. And again, yeah. I don't know the pricing, but mm-hmm. you understand what See, I'm trying to get, thing, right? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. For someone like you specifically, Walter, and I'm surprised that you're asking this question because you should know better. Okay. For someone like you that, you know, because of responsibilities, you have a family, you have a job that you have to like spend a lot of time on. No doubt. You're not going to get to a game, you know, like within a month, let's say. Right. So that's where the game pass will benefit you. Right. Simply because. All right, this month you want to play a little, dedicate a little bit of time to, you know, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, well, let's stay in the realm of Xbox. Let's say, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed from Ubisoft, right? You yeah. want to put some time into into that. And then next month, you know, you want to put a little bit of time into Call of Duty. But you know what? Somewhere along the lines, like maybe two weeks into that month, you decide, oh, you know what? I want to play a little bit of, you know, Assassin's Creed before I play this other one. What? You're going to, like, just go in, sign on to your membership, then... When you're done, cancel it and then go back. That's I don't think that but that's going to work the, very well. But what about the hardcore gamer that has the time to do it? That's a no, pretty good. If you're thing a hardcore gamer, if you're a hardcore gamer, you already have all the consoles anyway. So okay, but you know you what? Know, I don't think that it's gonna that it's gonna work for them very well. I think that it's something that they're trying, but I don't think that it's gonna work very well. If that's if that's the direction that they're gonna keep. Um, I think that 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 Game Pass really is the way to go, especially it, it also the other thing that it does, um, it also kind of gives an ecosystem for studios to 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 develop. Right. Because when you have a membership service like like Game Pass, Netflix, Amazon Prime or whatever, you also have analytics. How many of these members are playing your game and and how often are they signing on and stuff like that? Now, these developers have real-time analytics that they can get not from a separate third-party service, but directly from Microsoft that they're going to be able to, you know, provide so that they can continue building off of the platform, giving themselves the 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 tools that they need in order to like grow it more and it's gonna it's it behooves microsoft to do that for the developing studios as well as their first party studios so that's why i think that microsoft is is gonna be the key you know to the future of gaming simply because they're developing this ecosystem that the other game studios are gonna have to you know jump on including amazon because i don't think google's gonna do anything with stadia to be honest no it's been out for a while nobody really cares for it however amazon has their lumber yard um uh and And amazon can afford to do it amazon well google can afford to do it too it's just google's lazy google likes to buy all these other companies and like hey like okay 
make me money. Amazon wants to invest. Amazon invested in the gaming community by creating an entire division just to create a game engine that they are licensing out, not just for Amazon, but they will be licensing out for, you know, other platforms as well. And then also launching Luna and, or, or yeah, launching Luna and, and, and so on and so forth. So I think Amazon, Amazon, I think, is competing a little bit more with uh, Steam, in my opinion. Um, that's true yeah you do have but, you do know uh, about twitch prime right where you get those free games yes, every month yes yes, yes, yes. Okay. yeah i do um okay. but again that's we're talking like there's just honestly this is we're basically at the the the, the pinnacle of the next evolution of gaming yeah you know I, I mean I think so. um i think that th- what the whole push and move towards streaming is as big as the push from 2d to 3d and i don't and i think that like there hasn't been Maybe actually the last time that there was a really really big push push was to, um, to to essentially to losing my train of thought, but to multiplayer <laughs> player right. Like we went from two D to three D. Now it's from two D and three onto multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Now it's multiplayer to streaming. Or right? to I your point, blockbuster to Netflix. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Jose, um, what, like, as far hey. as as far as you know. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the, the whole Netflix, you know, and and you know, blockbuster whole thing, what do you think uh-huh. about this whole theory that I have behind it? Well, yeah, I wanted to add to a couple of points that both of you have made recently about how this is going to affect the industry as a whole. And I think one of you guys, I think Gabe, you made this point, kind of how like it's going to be a, a draw. Game Pass, the service is almost going to be a draw for third-party gaming studios and not just first-party gaming studios because. To that point, you look at it almost like um, like Steam, right? Or Netflix. The mo- both models are somewhat similar in the regard that because they have this huge wealth of content and because they're so ingrained in, in distributing content in their respective spaces, you know, Netflix being movies and TV, Steam being video games, right? Um, because those are two huge houses for, for distributing all of that, you look at Steam and you have a lot of companies or even small developers that develop games for Steam or remaster games for Steam. I think a good example um, in that kind of relates to some recent news is that there's some rumors that they're going to remaster Metal Gear Solid for PlayStation 5, the original, right? The PlayStation original. Um, but and that would make me buy a PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's huge. But also, if you think about it, on Steam, they've already been doing that for a couple of years. They're developers that are distributing it on Steam and like crowdsourcing it on Steam and crowdfunding it on Steam that have been creating Metal Gear Solid remakes for PC for like five years now. So those developers are going to, I think, in the same way that they, they go towards Steam or you have certain... Uh, production companies that go towards Netflix or, per, you know, movie personalities like uh, an Adam Sandler or Jamie Foxx or Charlize Theron that go towards Netflix because of their, how big they are in the space, again, of distribution in their particular genres, I think Game Pass is is primed maybe to do the same thing. And that could be a big game changer as well. Uh, but, but I don't know. What do you guys think about that point, Gabe? Maybe you want to add to that a little bit? Well, I mean that that's that's more or less in line with how I feel that this is going to be that shift in the industry. Um, there's so many different opportunities, so many different ways to make things happen. I think that another big thing about like streaming as a whole um, is that it's now going to this is this is where it's going to start like attracting 
specific developers, right? Whereas before the console war was played out with like, if you're a developer, which is the console that you want to go to? Obviously, you want to go to the one that has the best install base also compared to the easiest development cycle, Mm -hmm. right? So you kind of, you have to weigh the development cycle versus installed base, right? Because the development cycle is going to determine how much money you need to develop a game. Yeah. And then your installed Mm -hmm. base is going to determine how much of a return on that you're going to get. So if you're a smaller company, you want to go to the place that's going to give you the, the the cheapest development cycle, even if they have a small install base. However, with streaming, now you want to go to the place that's going to give you the most support for your development cycle, right? Because mm-hmm. you can go to Microsoft and be like, well, it's going to take me like, you know, a year or two years to uh, develop for Microsoft. But once we're on that streaming platform, you know what I mean? Now our gaming, our installed base user cycle is not going to be the 18 months. It's going to be as long as the game has continued to be popular. It's going to be showing up the same way that it shows up on Netflix. Like, hey, popular, you know, in the U.S. at this time, popular comedies or or rather yeah. popular action games and stuff like Top that. Like, hey, US. just play this right now. You don't have to make the decision of like oh, I want to pay $10 for this indie developer to check out this game because it looks recommended. No. Really good point. It's now mm-hmm. it's now going to be like because of its popularity, I don't need to make that decision to buy the game anymore because how many indie games have we all played? Like the $10, $15 games. A few. Some of these games a, are yeah. amazing, mm-hmm. but it takes a, it, it, I think that it takes a lot for anyone to even decide to like, hey, I'm going to invest $10 for sure. $10 or two coffees this week, but it's not just the $10. It's the time and energy to play the game and check it out and so on and so forth. If I don't have to pay that extra $10, if I take that decision out of the equation, now I can download it and play it three months later. Guess what? That developer just made money. And yeah. now, and that's where I think it's going to be huge because the developer is going to go to wherever the biggest install base is, period. And for me, it's going to be Game Pass. To your point, really quickly, like it's all—it's definitely true that you're going to check out games that you wouldn't have before. Because two examples for me that I got that I games that I played and really enjoyed, uh, one that I'm close to finishing, and one that's more of like a like a strategy game, uh, Stellaris. This game that I'd never heard of came out on Game Pass some months ago, and it's like kind of a civilization style game. And I love Civilization-style games. I never would have found that if it weren't for Game Pass. And, um, um, oh, geez, what's the A Plague Tale, excuse me. A Plague Tale is this other game. It's very much in the vein of, of those third-person action games like A Last of Us. Um, it's from a smaller French studio, okay? I'm actually playing the game in French, you know, with French language because it was originally done in French. It, it, it has the, the lip syncing for the English as well, which is something that I think more developers need to do when they have multiple languages looking at you, Ghost of Tsushima. But yeah, those are games that I never would have explored. Yeah. yeah. Indie, not so, exactly indie games, but, you know, smaller games that I never would have. Just, you know, smaller, smaller games, you know, games from, mm-hmm. you know, that we don't, haven't really heard of mm-hmm. because they get like completely overshadowed by the marketing and everything by all these other you know, bigger titles, right? Highly Universal Pictures or Rockstar. Yeah. Um, so anyway, in, in, in closing, basically, I think uh, we've like really done a deep dive on this one little bit of news. It was basically, it's huge. Uh, hey, you know, we're buying ZeniMax Bethesda and all of a sudden it turned the entire gaming world future upside down in its head. And um, in a good way. We and think. As you can see, like, we're, we're, huh? In a good way, we what think. 
in a good way. Oh, no, absolutely in a good way. Right? Absolutely in a good yeah. way. But it also kind of, re- like I said, I've had faith in Microsoft for a long time. Mm-hmm. The, C- the, 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 the Xbox One didn't necessarily deliver, but I also wasn't mad at uh, the Xbox One. But that being said, mm-hmm. I think that Microsoft is definitely poised to leap ahead so to speak i don't think that they're gonna like destroy sony i really don't think so sony has an insane installed fan base i always buy a playstation even though i choose microsoft generally first over playstation Mm -hmm. um same thing Mm -hmm. but uh but i think that like this is just it just it just opened the eyes of the possibilities because obviously game pass is a thing and everybody's like excited about game pass but i don't think anybody seriously talked about it until now it's like oh wait this is going to be on game pass let's talk about it so we got that and then you know mm-hmm. we also just spoke about uh wandavision so a lot of cool stuff happening this week oh my god know? that, that kind of helps us games. helps us yeah it kind of it kind of helps us uh forget about the pandemic just a little bit i think right but these a video little. games make me broke <laughs> it, yeah. it almost well, could feels you, like uh, but, but Jose, i mean walter walter hulu and stuff could you imagine <laughs> you have to buy you have to purchase those two things because one thing is going to be on one thing and one thing is going to be on the other thing so now you know the the downside is that now with the individual companies gobbling up these studios mm-hmm. if you want to play spider-man and this was already a thing but if you want to play yeah. a certain game now you have to go to get an xbox or if you want to play another game you have to yeah. go get a playstation so that's the one downside i think mm-hmm. but it's also- remember you don't have to get an Xbox to get get Game Pass. That's true. That's true. But well, well, you know, the experience will be better on Xbox, right? On the Xbox Series X. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I want to look at it this way, Wolf. Oh. If you if you think about it this way, I think it's okay because this is poised to be much like we've been going through the golden age of television where there's so much crap to watch that we can't even figure it out most of the time, which is why we have this podcast partially to help each other figure out what to watch and to help our fans figure out like what to watch with this glutton of media out there. I think we're going to be experiencing the golden age of gaming, a new golden age, something, so something. Broke. I think it's a new golden age. Yeah. So I think broke. it'll be a good new golden age. Cause I guess the, 80s you know, it's funny like, because I feel like, I feel right? like this whole, like the mul- the multiplayer age of gaming was like, cool but it's like a really long fad because i i've been yearning for you know amazing you know world experiences that i'm getting now like towards the end of multiplayer and it's like that that's almost like a foreshadowing of what we're going now i'm going to be able to play all the single player games for 25 bucks a month yeah so bro anyway so (laughs) so with that <laughs> so with that i want to thank you guys for joining us uh, yeah, yeah. we had a lot of fun as you can see i think that we had a lot of fun um i think even so, brought up the last of us too and and we did not break out stop, into stop, a, stop, uh, an argument stop, yeah we stop. didn't i'm just saying i'm just saying okay. how we didn't argue about it how we didn't like mention how much it sucks i'm proud of it Walt, you're making it worse right now. I'm not making it worse, and Gabe's not making it worse. It's you this time. But anyway, anyway, guys, (laughs) thank you guys for joining us. Yes. Uh, We catch you guys on the uh, next podcast. Please make sure that you like, share, rate, and subscribe. Tell all your friends and family. Share it with them, even if they don't, you know, want to listen to a podcast. Just share. You never know. Make them know. We're going to click and hit the link and and whatnot. Um, Without your support, we cannot keep recording. So, um, with that being said, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to do the the, the Jose outro. Ow! Okay, hit it up, baby. All you, all you denizens of the internet, stay geeky, my friends.
Yeah.